On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. I wish you all were here. This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer fueled sports show. Here's your hosts, Rob Christie and Matt Robinson. Nothing like a good protest song to kick off your week. As a good woman said, my name's Matt, his name's Rob. What are you saying today, man? Uh, it's nice that we could all be here. It always makes me think of, uh, it's great that Sarah Jessica Parker is going to share the big O with us. Happy to share whatever's going down in her world right now. <laughs> I badly wish you all were here to experience yeah, this I with me. I wish you could, honestly, who hasn't felt that? This is so fantastic. <laughs> Everyone should be enjoying this. Uh, usually that's a good solid first pee in the morning. <laughs> Well, see, everyone is around to enjoy that. They're just sort of on their own. I'm just not sure how many times you went, oh man, that's a top five pee right there. Yeah, they're all in the moment. Like this has got to be the greatest pee I've ever taken. Yeah, see, I give it top five just because that way I I don't want to. just want to be crazy. Well, I don't exactly. What kind of idiot would say that's the best pee ever? (laughs) Uh, I'm fine, Matt. I'm fine. We're enjoying a little in person. Yep. Live in studio. It was just a tease in November, right? Got to do a few, and then everybody got all crazy again. The well, world got went a little nuts again. The world's still fucking nuts, but... Yeah, maybe more. Yeah, <laughs> true. But it's nice that you canceled it when we decided we were going to go separate ways. Cue the journey. Um, yeah, I had no more beer in the fridge. <laughs> so it, I was like, oh, okay, is there beer? So he's framing it that I made the decision. Is he there, really decided, no reason to go back there. Exactly. I got to bring more beer over. Forget it. So I, I was um, confident. Mm. I brought eight beer over today. I don't plan on drinking eight beer today. <laughs> see how so the show goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll see what what post post show conversations look like, yeah. and uh, see if Rob gets invited back again. <laughs> what about you, Matt? How are you doing? Things are good, man. It's as you said. The uh, we we put a lot of work into getting this studio into being a place. It's kind of fun to just hang out and have a couple pints, and then it's been just me, and it's less fun. It's not not fun, but it's less fun. <laughs> Uh, I have no real objection to sitting around drinking beer by myself in here, but you know, you do feel a little weird about it. So, uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram, at all can audio. Uh, you can see pictures of me feeling weird about things. <laughs> They'll make you feel weird about yeah. things. <laughs> and, uh, uh, what did you just crack into there, man? I'm doubling down today, Matt. Um, I want to stick with the stouts, but it's one of those days where I'm feeling like, um, like a big boy beer maybe okay. is needed. Which isn't a stout, eh? Uh, not today. 
Not today. Today I'm going with, back to your neck of the woods, the Dirty Schwa. Yes. All or nothing. Yes. Sky's the limit, Imperial IPA. Wow. Okay. Coming in at a fat bottomed 8.9%. Makes the world go round. Yeah, it certainly does. But I, no, I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with that 100%. But, um. What population or what percentage of Oshawa's population do you believe is here in Ottawa right now? <laughs> Uh, Not right here in this room. Yeah. Well, it's a 50-50 here in the room, yeah, so dirty yeah. schwa. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of toothless dirty schwa. And maybe that's unfair. Auto, Oshawa was always a lot of NDP, right? Pretty unionized city with uh, Big with GM, uh, but, yeah, uh, GM there. No more GM, though. No, no, for sure. A lot of people upset. We'll get to some of that a little bit later. I got something here uh, I mentioned on the pod last week that our friends over at Nita were doing a, a buck a pint to the uh, Shepherd's Good Hope. Wow after everything that went on uh, last weekend. So I put in a, a bit of an order from them, got that here. And there's something new, man. I, I thought I'd just be getting stuff that I've had a few times before, but I've always enjoyed. But there was something new when I hit the website, so I was excited to see that. This is the uh, Cockadoodle Brew, <laughs> which nice. is their uh, coffee blonde ale. And uh, I guess they've kind of taken their their flagship 1012 and uh, added a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of coffee flavor to it. They said it'll be a little bit darker than that, but uh, I've never tried this one from Nita before. I, I guess I can't say how new it is. It's going to be new to me though, and really that's all I care about, right? So shout out to Nita for uh, for doing that over the past week, and we'll try a little bit uh, of their newest to me product. Okay, but that is a that is a great initiative, right? I think uh, at, at the best of times, anytime you can uh, you can help out one of the local shelters or food banks. Mm-hmm appreciated needed, but especially in times like this, when you have, you know. But obviously came on the heels of the bullshit. Yeah, they're being yeah. abused by yeah. um, others. Others. So, but this beer here, um, certainly hop forward, but juicy. I, I, I don't always get that in a, uh, in a, in a New England style IPA, mm-hmm. right? It's, um, but I would say, yeah, it's quite, uh, it's quite a pile of juicy citrus flavor here. So, uh, we'll take see a how- sip of a big pile. Yeah, this is it. A sip <laughs> of a big pile. Um, I think they're using the citra hops, which clearly they've doubled down on that as well. But, mm-hmm. um, 8.9%. Interesting. What's yeah, your first we'll take over there? see if you need eight of those. <laughs> That's going to be, going to be messy. Um, it's pretty good. I'm honestly not getting a lot of coffee off of it. It's clearly darker. Then the 10, 12 ale yeah. by the flavor here, but there's not that, whatever, I've said it a hundred times, bring it, right? And if you're going to put it on in the title, I'm not getting a ton of coffee flavor off of this. It's a nice pint, but uh, maybe not quite what I would have expected. Well, but. and sometimes that comes in the, uh, the inhale, yeah. right? Like sometimes the, sure. the scent of it or the, what you breathe in before this first sip is where you get a bit of that. Yeah. And it may change as it warms up. O- often does. Listen, I was listening yesterday. Listen. Yeah. Shut up and listen, open, open your mind. Yeah. I'm going to fill it with facts. Um, mm-hmm. I was listening to my, my good friend, Alan Cross yesterday. Nice. Have you checked out, uh. I haven't the, heard much from him lately, to be honest with you. He did a, he did a pod and the reason this is noteworthy really, or at least I guess you'll determine and the good listener will determine how noteworthy it is. If you're hearing it. It means I determined it was noteworthy in Clear. Editing. There you yeah. go. Good call. Good call. This may only be happening in my mind. Right. Um, but they did a, um, the most recent pod was on the Canadian punk scene. 
and the, nice. or, and, and the origins of punk in Canada. So propaganda. That was about it. Okay. Well, we're going to get to, we're going to get to propaganda. Yeah, that was how we finished it with, with, uh, I want you to vaunt me. Yes. <laughs> my propaganda out of Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. Awesome. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it sort of went all the way from teenage head, mm-hmm. which had to change its name to teenage heads to, to get any play in the States because people were uncomfortable <laughs> getting with the teenage concept head. of teenage head. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Can't say, her. but, but <laughs> the vile tones, the diodes, right? That's sort of early, mid seventies. Yeah. And, and we're talking like teenage head right around the time of the, the Ramones only had a couple of singles out. Like this is early and they're saying the, the much overlooked Canadian punk scene that was right there really with the New York and the London scene all the way up to. Propagandi and uh, SNFU out of Edmonton, yep, right? Yep. This just sort of as it, um, anyways, I'm not a big punk guy, but you certainly see how it progressed from those sort of more Ramones clash style mm-hmm. up through your, your more hardcore and, and that sort of with, with the SNFU, you can really get the sort of beginnings of that skate punk kind of. Right. Those are the sorts of bands that led into things that you know, became far more mainstream around like 2000, right? Your gob, right? Your treble charger, your simple plan, your like those sort of Canadian pop punk bands all sort of took off from, from sort of that launching point. Kind of. And and really what you notice with it is those early punk years, it's, it's wicked underproduced. It's, it's a, it's a message you're looking for and it's just like, bang, yeah uh, whatever comes out, we're going to get it. We're yeah. going to do it. But you start to see by, by the end or by the end, by the mid eighties of this period, you, you sort of get slightly more melody, mm-hmm. right? It's faster. People know how to play their instruments. And they're starting to polish it in production just a exactly. little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And so to me, as you say, when you move into then into the nineties with all that that's, that's come after it, your green day, your blink 182, your whatever it may be. But you certainly see as, as somebody who liked, uh, metal in the eighties, mm-hmm. you certainly see how that, that punk sound as it made it to the eighties and it became a little more, a little more hardcore, you get the, the, the guitar and you start to see that, that, that sort of connection. You know, I look at early Iron Maiden, the first two albums. Iron Maiden and Killers. Yep. That was sort of a, a, a blending of the two together. And, and, and so. Well, at the time, hadn't, you, you know, your Maiden way better than I do. Wasn't the lead singer, a Paul, former punk band. Yeah. Paul Diano. Yeah. Yeah. Before Bruce Dickinson came on with his really sort of more melodic voice. Right. But Paul Diano comes from that punk scene yeah. for sure. And he's really, that's his deal. And so. Well, like even if you circle back around now to the Canadian kind of side of things, like in the mid sort of 2000s, you were seeing bands like Protest the Hero, which everyone called a punk band that to me sounded far closer to to metal, right? Like, but you did sort of this blend sort of continued yeah. that there was a punk kind of rift or things to it, but the way it was being played and the, the, the vocals to it and everything, I'm like, this is a, this is closer to metal to me than it is to punk, but you, you did sort of, yeah, sort of see these kind of things blend or spread off into their own... Well, you even look at the first couple of Metallica albums. Sure. Right? It, it, just in terms I'm, of- I keep coming back to the Canadian bands. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But I, I'm talking with the evolution yeah, of, yeah, of a yeah. sound and, and and in terms of, but really what they're seeing was, yeah, that, that Canada, Toronto, mostly into Vancouver, but yeah. 
really a um, the third leg of the of the punk stool, right? And and gets doesn't get enough talk, right? Anyways, if, if you haven't, it's, it's this I, week's I, most I, recent pod. I'll it's, check it out because Alan Cross, like awesome, like really always an entertaining uh, an entertaining show. I would also suggest if you haven't episode nine thirty of Tall Can Audio. Cheryl Pounder was on the show last week, and uh, that's still extremely topical. The Olympics underway. Um, I had to ask her, man, I think I told you beforehand I was going to, uh, that 2002 gold medal game against the U.S. where Canada was shorthanded for basically the entire game. I wanted to ask a member of that team about that for quite a while, so I uh, put that to uh, to Cheryl as well as, uh, you know, some names that she sh- thought uh, we would get to know on that Canadian women's Olympic team this year. Um, and so far, I don't know how much of it you've had a chance to catch. The first name out of her mouth was Sarah Fillier. Yeah, of course. And Sarah Fillier has been very noticeable thus far into the Olympics. Fillier the net. Yes. Very, very good. Um, I would shit on that more if I hadn't done the same joke on Twitter. And <laughs> okay, so we're both very lame. <laughs> um, and it's too bad, right? You, to get any answers out of Cheryl, you have to pull teeth, right? Yeah. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> She's happy to just take it and run, which is what you want out of a guest, right? It's, she's the uh, female AJ Jackie There you go. Which we say with love. Of course, no, but of course we do. But of course, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you don't want to get one word answered. No. Right? Give you the ball, run with it. Yeah. So that's episode 930. If you haven't had a chance, go back and check that out. Have you had a, the opportunity to watch much of the women's hockey tournament thus far? As we sit here now, Sunday afternoon, so there will be a game uh, in the books by the time people hear this Monday morning, but so far wins over Finland and Switzerland, big wins. I, I'm going to be honest with you, soft fanning over here. Yeah. The, no 11, the 11 o'clock it's hard. starts it's man, hard, are, man. Are, are, are doing me in, right? Yeah. So I have not watched a second okay. of women's hockey. And really I've watched a handful yep. of, uh, of Olympics. Right. Uh, as we sit here now, a couple medals in the bank. Michael Kingsbury got his, uh, his silver there in the moguls, which, um, you know, was sort of a, one of those guys we were projecting a medal out of it just to stay on the hockey for a second. Um, you know, that Finland game, Finland is a team who has shown themselves capable in the last couple of years of being able to jump up and bite the big dogs on the ass. as We start to see the, the gap close in women's hockey between Canada, USA, and everybody else. Um, beat Canada in 2019. Right. And did not beat them uh, in this round robin. They were absolutely obliterated. Uh, Switzerland, the same thing you, I think most experts would have said kind of six, seven, eight, one sort of prediction ended up being 11 or 12. 12, one. 12, one. So this Canadian team so far looks absolutely stacked. It's hard to take much right from the, the preliminaries. We know this, um, seeing Melody Deu go down. In, in game one early on like that was, was not good. It does look like, you know, they haven't given much info. They say it's an upper body injury, uh, but they haven't ruled her out for the rest of the games, which is important because she's an important part of that, that second line with Fillier, um, and Spooner right now, Jamie Lee Rattray is playing there. It's done pretty well. And I have, uh, you know, managed to stay awake for these late night games. We'll see there's back to back Sunday and Monday night. Don't know if that's going to. It's rough, but uh, yeah, we'll see. She needs to slot back in there, I think, for their depth. And the Americans, you saw um, Brianna Decker go down, right? Yeah, it's a big, big loss. And it was horrifying, the video. Like, the 
I made the mistake because I wasn't watching the game live. Someone just posted the video. Here's, you know, she got hurt. And you're like, check that out. And because it's an empty oh, arena. Really? Yeah, the screaming. Yeah. The same as we saw, you know, with Tavares in the playoffs last year. Now, he's not screaming like that. And, right. But it's it's that eerie that it's so empty. Jonathan so Marsh is so right. here in Ottawa. Yes. Broke his leg. The, uh, and even in the best of times in a full building, yeah. the crowd goes quiet anyway. Yeah. So it's still... This is just amplified. So she's out for the tournament, um, but the Americans are also 2-0 at this point. So everything obviously right now on track for where we sort of would have predicted, except for the fact a lot of people saying that Sarah Fillier maybe has arrived a little earlier than than yeah. had expected. Yeah. Well, and and this Canadian team, and you saw it through the rivalry series at and right at the end of, of the Worlds, which seemed to have just rolled into the rivalry series yeah. and right through to this, they're so fast. Mm-hmm. Right. And for, for so long, they were sort of the counter punching to the American speed yep. for years. Physical and and, and, and now it's sort of, they've come with like the NHL has gone, right. The premium is, is on speed and skill, Yep, speed and skill. And this Canadian team seems to have kicked it up a bit. And, and that's certainly been evident by the first two wins. For sure. Um, where do you want to start here, man? Otherwise we got a, a few different NHL notes on the thing. I think we'll save any f- more thoughts on uh, the trucker thing towards the end? Some people want to hear more about it. Some people don't. So we'll save it. It'll be towards the end. Um, we're coming off the back of NHL All-Star Weekend. That also means, in theory, we're at the midway point of the season. Some teams have played like 48 games. Some have played like 35. Yeah. Uh, we're sort of all over the map. Um, where do you want to Where do you want to go from here? Did you watch? Did you watch much of the All Star game? I actually did. Um, I watched a, a bit of uh, the second half of the second game, so the Atlantic, the Atlantic versus whatever, and then Central. Uh, yeah, and then I watched the the final, and actually I watched most of the the skills as well. Uh, you had said coming into this, you weren't sure this was going to have a whole lot of interest to you, and you and I usually aren't huge into this. Did you end up taking in much? I took in all of the skills. Yeah. Um, except for the fastest skater, I showed up obviously just as they were handing Jordan Cairo the, right. I uh, watched all the skills and I didn't watch, I watched the Atlantic central right? and that's all I watched. Yeah. Uh, to me, I was, it's yeah. I just, because that's the division that I watched the closest. I had a couple Sens fans come at me on Twitter going, oh, Matthews and Campbell out in the first round. I'm like, man. Burying Brady to own the Leafs, I, yeah, respect, that's, I that's, guess, right? Like whatever you got to do. That's, but. that's an odd, that's an odd <laughs> thing, right? Um, when really the Huberto Matthews combo was what was really keeping the that was kind of cool, yeah. That whole thing afloat. Now is this? I, I'm, I don't know if you would have felt the same about Brady or what. I'm sure you did. Like to me, I was totally fine that they lost. Like get off the ice, I come home uninjured. Yeah. Especially when you have a goalie there, right? Like, and guys are just dangling, making sweep, just get him out of there. Um, it was f- fun to see them get to do it, but I was totally fine, uh, to see them not have to go play another one. And, and really, I suppose what it means is they got a head start on doing Vegas things <laughs> for the rest yeah. of the night. Well, I don't know about the Leafs, but the Senators have had a f- four o'clock Sunday practice. Now maybe Brady's exempt from that. I would imagine. But it's funny because one of the things I had in my notes were, were Jack Campbell was in there yeah. in terms of that to me is the classic case of a guy who could have used the time off. Yep. Right. When you look 100%. at, at, at how hard he's been ridden uh, at a necessity. Yep. Right. Through the. 
And who's never, he's already played more than his career high and starts this year. Right. And, and sort of, you know, he was trucking along with that 940 yep. and then he's put in four or five starts of. Like 855. Yeah. And you go, okay. We knew he wasn't the 940 goalie. Yeah. But you know he's not the 880 right. goalie either, right? And so... I wouldn't have minded him disappearing to right. NASA or something for uh, for a little while. But, well, let me ask you, on that front, so the Leafs play Monday. I don't know. I know that, like, this is pretty compressed. Yeah. Would you give Matthews and Campbell the night off? Or would you I bring start... their dehydrated asses back in? And... Yeah, I wouldn't start Campbell, but I would, I would, I'd let... You'd expect let, Matthews let, to play? Well, I'd let Matthews play, and I'd, you know, uh, to me, I think their spot is very secure. But yeah, you can you can run him out in 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 key moments, you know, offensive zone face-offs, power plays. Cut back his minutes a little. Uh, Cut back his minutes, let him play. I don't yeah. honestly hate the idea of giving them both just totally the night off. Don't dress, don't whatever. How about give him the All-Star game off? Yeah, well, I would have preferred that, but that doesn't seem to have been on the table, right? So then they would have had the, the Monday off anyway with the the suspension, but yeah, Campbell for sure. I'm with you, but I wouldn't even dress him like Joseph wall, whatever, put your pads on and go sit on the bench for the night. Um, but even Matthews, yeah, there is a counter argument. Of course that you're paying that guy $11 million, get the hell back here and, yeah, no, and get going. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's also, uh, and I'm sure that's a guy who wants 50 goals this year. And I'm sure this one game is not he wants 60. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> you have no idea what the season holds, no. right. In terms of of injuries and, and so you can't take anything for granted. So the break's just a little longer, right? The all-star break normally. Yeah. But I'd be surprised if you, if Matthews wouldn't, you know, roll back into Toronto, you know, late Sunday night and, yeah, you know, or late Sunday afternoon, whatever it is, and just say, you know, I'm good to go, man. Show up for a morning skate. Right. See how it goes. Yeah. Cut back my minutes. I don't want to play 20 plus, but. What do you think of the, the skills as I cut you off before you were done? Uh. On the, they tried the couple things, you know, the one out in the, the fountain. At the Bellagio. When I looked at that, I kind of went like, let's see, I guess. Like it, I kind of like when they're trying to work the community in a little bit, like yep. and try something new. It was pretty dull though. Well, there was no, they needed music or something. Something. Like Anything it, other than Jerry D. Jerry D. <laughs> chirping him was the. That was, was kind of funny. Well, like, well, I can't remember if it was Stamkos or Giroux. One of them was like, he's like, how you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm cold, man. He's like, yeah, okay, suck it up and get going. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, and it's funny because they were, I heard somebody talking about it that, yeah, it's very windy this time of year and at night in Vegas. And I checked when they were doing this and they were talking about being cold. Now it would have been pre taped, but at the time it was 12 degrees. I was surprised, like 12 Celsius. Yeah. And windy. Yeah. And so you're, all, you're on this fountain elevated. But if you'd asked me to guess what the temperature was in Vegas, that, uh, 20 plus. 21. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. And so, um, but it was just so, quiet. Yeah. There was no other, there was the wind was kicking up every once in a while. And then it was just. Well, and I thought they were going to have, like, I thought they were going to work into like the fountains going off every now and then, right? Like knocking your puck down. Yeah. I don't know. Distraction. Right. Yeah. Well, you can't have tigers or open flames. (laughs) Those are all safe for (laughs) Parliament Hill these days. Um, But, you know, it's, it sort of comes down to, thank God for Derek England. He saved the day. In his monotone way. With his wit and, you know, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oof. What are you doing there, man? Yeah. Um, I guess you're just from here, so you get to be yeah. part of this, but. Do some jumping jacks or something over there. Get it, get it going. A little energy, man. But, uh, yeah. Uh, to the blackjack me, one, did you like that? I like the idea. Yeah, I mean, same. But except for the idea that 
they needed to go further back or something because it seemed like for the most part, like Pavelski was just picking, I want that one. Yep. I want that one. Yep. You're like, oh, okay. That's seems like, um, and when, when all five guys got 21 in the first hand, you're like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we could have made it a little the more difficult. loses. <laughs> yeah. It's, Never in Vegas. Well, and at the end of the day, you're like, okay, we're doing a three person playoff and you're like, oh, sorry. Kachaka Matthews, there's no cards left for you guys. Right, so you're out. You're out. You're like, <laughs> is that how Vegas works? Sorry, we're out of cards, people. <laughs> you guys don't get to play. So it fell short a little bit. But, it was uh, another one where I looked at it and went, it's worth a shot. Like, maybe this will be fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no. And it was, but it wasn't. <laughs> but I appreciate the, the, I watched it. Yeah. But at the end, you're like, ah. Oh. Like the whole shootout thing. That was fun. The breakaway competition this year. Like I, to me, that's as good as they, now they spoiled it at the end by going Petrangelo, you and your funny light up shirt win. You're like, are you fucking serious based on what some of these other guys did? Yeah. Cause like Zegers was incredible there. Uh, Jack Hughes with the, the stick Sally, right? And, and like the mini Jack Hughes. Yeah. It was awesome, man. <laughs> like the whole, the, the, the that was as much personality as NHL has shown in a long time. And at the end, they were just like, yeah, whatever. Here's the hometown guy. And, and, and how about, and I can't remember where in the weekend it, it occurred. Um, it may have been during the um, the actual competition itself. Mm. Somebody on the Hockey Night in Canada panel asked Claude Giroux who was, who was putting the most pressure on him for for possible trades. Okay, I didn't did you, see that. Did you no. see that? I don't know. It was either Rudy or... Ron McLean or somebody, and you're like, and and Drew's like, what do you want me to say here? Yeah, I'm I'm here for the weekend, and yeah. I'm a flyer, and you're like, it was just it was it was an odd, awkward question. You're like, that guy is not going to answer that any other way. Now it did look like on the Saturday during the three on three tournament, the way he was playing, he was looking for a, a plane ticket to just about anywhere but Philly. Like he was showcasing, but he was playing well. Like yeah, was, yeah. Well, yeah. And it, and it's interesting to see where the possibilities are for that guy to go. Friedman keeps saying Colorado. Now, I don't know how you make the money work. Well, That'd see, be a third team kind of thing. Right. They talked about Boston and Colorado both being yeah. options, but both being options that need a complicated third party yep. to to take on And salary. there's less and less of those, right? With the cap not going up, like it's harder and harder to find teams that have cap room. There's 16 teams over the cap right now. Well, and, and exactly. When you look at the... Um, you know, there's. It's going to be you, Ottawa. Well, open your wallet and get a couple picks out of this. Yeah. Do we get? Yeah. Or whatever. It's it's it comes into, you know, we were in a three way trade with Colorado and Nashville for the Duchesne. Mm-hmm. You look at Pittsburgh, that whole Reeves thing, and all how people were taking money. Anyways, but you don't see it that often. No. Right. And so well, Toronto and Nick Felino last year. I think he went to San Jose. San Jose then kept more of the money and took a fourth from Toronto. Like, yeah. I believe is how that went. I think, uh. But if Boston could do it, you see Giroux on a second line center there, that'd be nice. You mean bumping down Charlie Coyle? It's yes. probably a good idea. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, this is it. There's a clear and, and present need there for that to happen. Yep. So Minnesota was another interesting candidate because starting next year, they become wicked hamstrung by like $10 million in dead. So, so this is the year to do it. Right. Yep. And, and when the West is, is almost completely wide open, they were talking about Calgary and Minnesota kind of being those two teams where you go, 
hey, man, other than Colorado and Vegas, and both those teams have shown themselves to put feces in the bed in the playoffs, mm-hmm. why not Why not go all in on, on something this year? So those, those are two interesting teams that didn't or wouldn't need cap help. Right. Well, Colorado is the one that Friedman keeps saying the players are texting Giroux going, hey, man, like, you'll be, you'll be happy here. Hey, man. Yeah, no, I, hey, I'm sure he would, and that's yeah. a great team, so why wouldn't you? But to me, I... I and then I, a lot of Sens fans think he's coming home next season. Yeah, see, to me, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit what the you age? need. The age, you know, he's a guy, the, the year he's having... So he's from Hearst, right? He's from Hearst, but he lives here now. Right, okay. Right, he played for the Olympics. Um, and he, he, yeah, he sort of, he, uh, he summers here. Right. So he is now from here. Okay. But, um, yeah, the, the amount of money he's going to be able to get on the open market for four years, at least. Yeah. It's not, it's not worth it for Ottawa. It doesn't fit the window here. No. Right. Agreed. And so it, as nice as a, it's a, it's a nice story. Right. But I, I don't think it works. So especially when somebody else is going to offer him crazy money, I bet. On Friday, we saw the commissioner do his uh, annual State of the Union, whatever you want to call it. Uh, He's got a press conference on the Friday of All-Star Weekend every year. Um, Coming about 36 hours after Rocky Wirtz lost his mind briefly at a press conference with the Blackhawks. Uh, Talked a little bit about that on episode 931. If you want, you can go back and hear all that. But essentially, Rocky Wirtz undid all the good work that may or may not have been done within the Blackhawks organization by his employees to fix their reputation. Uh, Gary was asked, what do you think, man? What do you think about Rocky Wirtz' outburst saying, we're not answering that. We're not talking about Kyle Birch. We're done with 2010. All the Gary essentially said, um, you know, he's emotional. It's just a bit of an outburst. It's no big deal. You can look the other way on that. And basically uh, sewed the NHL right to Rocky Wirtz's ass as he's going down with his ship there. What a what a tone deaf bunch of douchebags! Honestly, man, this league has not changed even at all a tiny bit. And and it's it's like his Rocky Wirtz's whiny voice, yes, and telling his son to shut up or you don't talk or whatever, whatever it was. And Ed Olchek. Who hasn't felt that way at all? Oh, of course, man. But Ed Olchek up there looking like, man, is there I'm like so a. uncomfortable. Is there a safety yeah. hatch or yeah. can I like. Where's that Pull thing from Austin here. Powers where, where you fall into the, the floor? Like, I want to get out of here. I'm back right? later. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. still down here. Yeah. Um, yeah. A rocky words are your, are your khakis too tight, bud? Like, what's happening there? You were. Something was clearly chafing that guy. Like, it felt like to me, he, he seemed like he was feeling like the victim because he was fined the $2 million, right? And his organization's the one that's taken the PR shit kicking. And he suddenly went, no, no, I'm done. Like he was somehow the, the party that had been, you know, most put out here, like uh, <laughs> to just sit there and, and then have Gary, I, on that show, I did a solo show episode 931 on Thursday said, you just ruined Bettman's weekend. Because Gary, at the All-Star game, loves... You just pulled a Melnick here at the Winter Classic. But Gary loves to say, hey, this is the All-Star game, right? We're here to talk about the good things in the sport. Look at all this talent, all these sorts of things. We're not talking about that. And at that time, I said, he can't do that because his... He's only having to answer this question because someone else just did that, right? Saying, we're not talking about the bad stuff. We're not... 
And turns out he did it anyway. Gary did. Like, he just went, nah, it's just, you know, he's just blowing off steam. It's fine. Like, fuck you. It's fine. Is anyone in that organization ever going to believe, you know, with that guy at the top, that their concerns are going to be taken seriously now? There's no chance. If you have the owners of the owners, owner of the Clippers. Donald Sterling. Right. Where you go, man, you're out. Adam Silver's like, that's shitty behavior. Like, when does Gary start putting some of these guys on notice? Well, I think Gary has a lot less power than the... Yeah, I understand. And Rocky Wirtz, Mike Illich. um, Jacobs. The Jacobs family, yeah. Snyder. Right. They are the the, the executive committee. They run the... Like, I don't know that Gary could make the Wirtz family go away. Yeah, no. The Wirtz family could make Gary go away. Yeah, for sure they they can. And and all I'm saying is when you look at at a proactively run league, and, and clearly Gary's made the league and the owners... Billions of dollars. Yep. Um, so they're not really worried, right? He continues to say lawyer things mm-hmm. and show that he may be, you know, a reptile because he clearly <laughs> never shows a human side <laughs> when he says these things. Um, but yeah, th- the whole idea that he's telling the reporter, I don't need to tell you anything. Right. It's none of your business. You're like, it's none of my business. It's everybody's business when yeah. you when you treat people like it that. It was such a layup. You knew this question was coming. Right. Well, to me, it's like you are a billionaire. Right. What? Could you not have somebody who could coach you? Well, that's it. This is I a understand town hall. Eugene Melnick is broke. Right. <laughs> he can't afford He's hanging out in the Barbados. Yeah, he can't afford picking a... up the phone and calling Bob McCown. Well, this is it. I've got a couple of rum punches under my helmet. What do you want to talk about, Bob? We've all been there. Right? Yeah, of course we have. Drunk dialing people. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> you can afford somebody to coach you on yeah. these things. And that to me is a part where you go, you are so detached from reality. Like if you would have rather, I would have almost rather he said, I paid Kyle Beach's money. Yep. This is over for me. Yep. We've got rid well, of everything. That's how he feels. Yeah. So, but uh, honestly, you uh, if, if you don't understand how distasteful that whole thing is, yeah. then you are not a good human. I think that's where we've probably landed. And like, how does his son, Danny Wirtz, the CEO, go to work Monday? Dad just dressed me down in front of everybody, told me I couldn't. Dan- and the one that gets turned away is, is there's a second question um, where he goes on and the, the reporter's asking him about season ticket renewals and whatever. And he flips out again. And then he kind of goes at the, the reporter reframes the question and goes, now, come on, that's a fair question. And Rocky words goes, yes, it is. So they can answer that. And looks at his like, this is it. Like you have, you're now screening questions from the people you are for the people you, you pay. You don't talk. Right. You talk now. Right. That's exactly what happened. And if I'm Danny words, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to go to work with any credibility tomorrow. Dad just dressed me and everybody else down and showed that I have no power. You know that dad's going to die someday. I don't know that at all. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny to think that Rocky Wirtz is the progressive in the family, right? Yeah, Bill Wirtz, dad, his dad. When he was like, nope, no Chicago Blackhawk games at home or on television. You want to see them? You'll pay for a ticket. You show up live. Yep. Right. And Rocky's like, oh, okay, dad's gone. All right. First thing I'm going to do is that's dumb. Yeah. So we'll spend some money here yeah. and we'll put so, games on TV. And you lucked into some generational players. Yeah. And you, the team did well. And they talk about the size of that stadium, right? 22,000 yep. plus. 
And it's either the biggest or second biggest in the league, right yeah, there with Montreal. I, I think it's bigger than Montreal. I think yeah, Montreal. I think is, you're right. Twenty-one yeah. eight or twenty. Yep, yeah. it's close to twenty-two. And yep. but yeah, you are looking at now. There'll be lots of lots of stuff to move there because that team is going in the toilet. That's yeah, not so good. And that was, you know, if we look back, it was one of the stories we talked about stories to look forward through the year. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so to me, it was, I was super interested to see what happened. All the off season trades before the whole thing exploded. Right. Seth um, Jones and yeah, Mark andre Fleury. Yeah. Just, just the retooling on the fly, right. That they were going to do here. And man. It's still sinking. It's, 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 they got to start, they got to start jettisoning people from that. But yeah, that to me is, it's going in a terrible direction and you've now just taken on more salary. Um, there was an article written on Friday night by Luke Fox of Sportsnet. And I don't know that I've ever seen a more perfect headline for a Gary Bettman press conference. that says, Bettman goes easy on Rocky Works, goes hard on Canada. And Gary had plenty to say about the fact that he may take the draft away from Montreal if there's not going to be fans in the arena by then, which frankly would be good business sense. You should go somewhere where you can sell tickets and come back to Montreal uh, next year, the year after, whatever that looks like. Too bad because Montreal is going to have 42 picks in the first round. Yeah, that's true. Um, And maybe number one (laughs) overall. (laughs) Probably not though. um, But just he's going in on how much money it's costing to have these arenas empty. And, you know, apparently Gary would like to be heard over Canadian public health officials and and whatever. He's not happy. to Get in line, Gary. Yeah, exactly. Um, He may be downtown as we speak in a big truck. Waving an American flag. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Or a Canadian one upside down. With a hockey net in the back. It's got to be. Obviously, yeah. So um, Gary's not happy with these arenas being empty. I don't think anyone is. It's not like anyone's thrilled about where things are at, but we have two different countries handling this in two very different ways. Um, restrictions are supposed to loosen again here shortly in Ontario. I don't know where Quebec is at, to be honest with you, but we're seeing this across Canada that this is, we're at a different point than where the Americans are at. And Gary's starting to do that thing where he waves his finger across the border. Like Canada is his problem. Um, when really Canada's his life raft and he wants it to be thrown a lot quicker. This is, uh, kind of right out of the playbook, man. He, he, he knows what kind of power the NHL wields in Canada. Do you think anyone up here is taking notice that, well, if Gary says we need to start filling the building again, we'd probably better get on that or zero. Yeah. Like, honestly, do your little count act somewhere else, <laughs> right? Seven. Ah, 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 yeah. ah. <laughs> Who cares, man? It's, it's, it's a problem. We got more shit to deal with up here. Than empty barns. I'd love to go to a game. Of course. I, I bought hockey tickets at Christmas mm-hmm. as a gift. Right. This is something I would like to do, but yeah, I understand as a grown adult, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen until. Not just because the tiny perfect commissioner. The TPC. Yes. Yeah. Waves his little finger and says, yeah. or you do head, it now. Or his head starts shaking. Yes. You know, he's telling more bullshit, the more his head shakes, right? And you're like, hey, Gary, do you know that? Do you know your head is shaking right now? But to just let him glaze over the train wreck in Chicago and point at Canada and go, we need these. He did say, and and Friedman actually backed him up. I think it was on Saturday. This is Ottawa. 
was the team that asked about playing games in the US where they could sell tickets. And I did, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up or not. I did have a well-known kind of reputable reporter get into my DMs when I said that it wasn't the worst idea in the world. That if for now you can't do it here, and I look at things, as you know, through very blue goggles. Yep. Why wouldn't Toronto play three or four home games in Buffalo or Detroit if they could? They'll draw more than the 500. They're allowed at home across the border. Um, And then you come home, obviously, when you're allowed to do so. I don't know how many other teams it works for. I think probably Winnipeg and Minnesota, maybe Vancouver, Seattle. Yeah. See, yeah, Buffalo is half full of Leaf fans. To anyway. With. Yeah. Yeah. So it is so congested population-wise there. Right. Um, so if you could go and sell even half of that arena out, and I think you'd do better than that. You would do way better than that. You are doing, you know, even the cost of moving your operations there. I don't know why. And anyway, this person who jumped into my direct message, oh, you got to think long-term and what would that do to your relationship with the fans? Like, Fans want the Leafs to make money and keep that cap moving up. I can't go anyway. So yeah. what do I care whether it's in Toronto or Buffalo? Like, well, I, And I can only speak as, as a Senator's fan. Yeah. Um, to play in an, in an antiseptic environment, uh, it's, it's tough, man. Of it's course t- it is. It's tough to watch. It's tough to play. And you hear the players say it all the time. It sucks to go on road trips and play in full barns and, and you get the juice from the crowd. Yep. And then you come home and, and, and this isn't a complaint. I understand they're saying, yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's not the same. And I would love to go. Yep. So if, if Ottawa could go to, and I don't even know where you would go. This is it. You start looking at border towns and. Right. And so it's not the same. We don't and have the option. And it's just a smaller option. fan base too. For sure. Yeah. It doesn't travel. And, and th- that GTA butts right up against. Yeah. The escarpment. Uh, and, yeah. And yeah. you're right there. Boom. And so it's ready made. Yeah. Um, but I would not mind if. It would be kind of a Blue Jays in Buffalo situation, right? Where, yep. yeah, okay, guess what? We're going to play out of, I don't even know where, but, but, but you are looking at having, you know, Hartford. Maybe sure, you play yeah. your games in Hartford. I, I'm just pulling that out and you yep. go, yeah, guess what? We're going to roll in and play the Bruins in Hartford and it's going to be. Full of Bruins 80 fans. to 90% Bruin fans. But we're taking their money. But we're taking their money yep. and we're able to play in a full burn. Yep. I do not, for one second, I don't want them to become the Hartford Senators. No. But understand that in a couple of months, you come back when, when yeah, things- That's a riskier proposition for Sens fans. For sure <laughs> is it is. For all the back, reasons, right? all the reasons you're like, hey man, Hartford, great it, fan base. Right. <laughs> still, still loving this. Yeah. Like, hey, where you go? You know, or, or wherever. But- I would not be insulted. I would not feel no. like you've turned your back on me as a fan. Um, I respect whoever that is. That's their yeah. That's their opinion. And, well, like and, March and, break. Why shouldn't the Leafs, Sens, and Habs be in Florida? Right. Lots of Canadians will be. Ah, man. I Get would, a couple home dates out of that. In high school, I spent a March break in Quebec City, and the Leafs were there. Right. I went to the game, and it was, it was chock full of Leaf fans, right? You got all kinds of Ontario students. Yep. Out skiing or rolling whatever. in there for the week, and, and so there was a huge Leaf fan presence there. And Both so, on if if you go back through the years, and I, I know what happens in Montreal, I know for sure it happens in Toronto. I I don't know if Ottawa's the draw that that make, no. but but on Christmas and March break, like if when you look, it, it's not perfect. It's not every single year, but if you look at the Leaf schedule, they will be in Florida either on the week after Christmas 
or the week of March break. That's when they go to Tampa and Florida because that's when a pile of Canadians rolled out. Now, that's sort of historically speaking, right? Tampa sells out its own building now. They don't really care about the Leafs, but the Panthers sure do. And the Habs are the same way, right? They they go down there either right after Christmas or on March break. And so why not? If it's you, good business. Yeah. For those home teams. Yeah. So now it's going to be good business for us. You're not in your building that day. We'll try and sell 4,000 tickets in whatever, in Miami to Canadians. And that's more than the whatever we're allowed to sell in Toronto right and now. And the flip side is, not the flip side, the same side. If you look at here and decisions made on, on a on just good business sense, yeah. you look at every year, Ottawa wants to fill home games between Christmas and New Year. Right. It's the Bell Capital Cup. Yep. You have 400 minor hockey league teams coming from- Everywhere. Who, everywhere. And you can, you buy, you, you sell, group ticket sales yeah. are huge through yeah. the roof because- Bring all the teams in and- I've never been to an NHL game. I'm from, you know, wherever, sure. right? And you roll in and it just makes good sense. You go, yeah, guess what? Make sure the Suns are home this week. because This is it. Because we want to have at least two dates in between there because we sell X amount more than we normally do. And so, yeah, it makes good sense. Good business sense. Yeah. Like this idea that you will insult the Canadian fan base. If I, I just don't think that like, if I'm watching it on TV anyway, I can't go here. Where do, do I really care what arena it's in? If I'm not allowed to go. I I want some environment. Right. And if I have to go, fuck you, man, that's a Senator's <laughs> home game. I don't want, I hate that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which I'm going to say. Yeah. Like the Jays and you're like, all this fucking Yankees yes, trash. Exactly. What is happening here? <laughs> right. But, uh, you go, really? Can there be that many Orioles fans <laughs> in upper New York state? I don't believe that. Um, but yeah, I would rather my team get to perform mm-hmm. in a full barn. You still get, you know, all the home ice parks, right? Whether it's. You know, put your, put your lineup in second, you know, blah, blah, blah. Last what? change, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. All those things, right? You go, perfect. I'll take it and I'll play it in a full bar. The team makes money. The league makes money. Um, now, to me, I'm perfectly fine in a year that we are not going to make the playoffs <laughs> if it hoses the Leafs in terms of the cap. Keep holding the cap down. Suppressed. Yeah. But if you look at uh, it, to me, Toronto choosing to play games, you know, the Ottawa got deferred, got deferred. Toronto yeah. was like, fuck it, we're going to play. Right. And I think that's, in, while, while not fiscally smart, to me, in terms of team product smart, yes, it hasn't compressed Toronto's yeah, schedule. Yeah, that was their performance team that went, you can't take this much time off. Right. You got to play well, some games And here. not only can we not take this much time off, we cannot compress our late that's season right. schedule where we have guys playing, you know, two games in three nights over and over again yep. when we're trying to roll into a playoff run where that is our season. Yep. Right. We'll play a couple empty, empty arena games now. Sportsnet also wanted them on Wednesday and Saturday, right? right. Those were the, so that's well, sort but, of the, the negotiation that was had was Toronto going, we want to play some games here. Other owners said, we don't like, we'd rather save those home games for later. So once Toronto said, we'd like to play some Sportsnet, your broadcast partner paying all that money went, we'd like those to be Wednesday or Saturday. And that was where the negotiation. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Get the Leafs on TV and, um, there you go. Uh, what do you think just briefly on this, while we're talking about empty arenas, the Coyotes look like they're going to play in a 5,000 seat arena (laughs) down at Arizona state because uh, they've pissed off the people at their current arena. Their new one's not going to be built for a few years. And it's not just that it's a 5,000 seat arena at Arizona state to put in NHL 
cameras and locker rooms and everything else, it's more likely going to be closer to 3,500, according to Elliot Friedman. And Gary, in his little press conference on Friday, goes, no, it's fine. Like, it's fine. Like, honestly, we think one of our projections, we might actually make more money. Like, because teams and players are pissed, right? If you're going to play in this small of an arena, you're not contributing shit to hockey-related revenue, uh, which you already are one of the worst teams at contributing to. And the teams that are paying it out. Like, to me, it really doesn't affect me as a Leaf fan that the Leafs pay the most into uh, hockey or revenue sharing, right? That doesn't mean much to a fan. But there is a certain party that goes, you're not even trying, right? Like You're actually working against. Right. Like, if you're going to do this, if this is your plan for three or four years to not make money, then you opt out of revenue sharing. Which will never fucking happen, of course. But they're talking about playing at this university for a couple of years while they get a new arena built, which may or may not happen yet. That also hasn't been determined. But this is a fucking dumpster fire of an organization that just keeps getting worse, man. And and it's funny because... um, And Gary keeps defending. I am... Yeah, it's weird. Like, This is the thing he's hung his hat on. I don't... Yeah. (laughs) it, It is one of those things where you're like, really? Yeah. Um... I'm I'm old enough, and and as a Senators fan, you go, yeah. There, there was a time when there was like 18 Senators games a year televised, right? And then it got to a point where there was eight channel, 40, <laughs> and then you go, now we're up to 70, right? It's just sort of yeah. Now everything is televised. Yep. There isn't a game that's not. You may have to go to Sportsnet 360 or yeah, you, you may have, have to look for it, but it's on. But you you have the option to get it on cable TV. Yeah. Except for up until like two years ago. Ottawa would go into that void that is Arizona and you go, oh, we're getting a feed that is like the (laughs) in-house. Like what they're showing on the scoreboard. They they don't even have a local home team covering the game, right? It's just such a, (laughs) that you go, okay, all right, Sportsnet or TSN isn't sending a crew down, but you, you can't even pick up. The Nesson feed of, you know, like when you go, all right, we got to watch, you know, Jack Edwards yeah. doing stupid shit. So we can't even pick up the, 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 the Coyotes crew. You're like, no, we just get an in-house feed. Yep. Just one camera hanging up in the corner, basically. You're like, oh my God, this is brutal. <laughs> and so you're not even like, not all oh, this, this not trying thing yeah. has been happening forever. And you go, oh, I'm bleeding. Put a bandaid on. No, it's too far. <laughs> I can't get there. I'm bleeding like, too much. It, it's right there. Yeah. Stand up and walk. No. So it, it's. Why should it's, anyone else help you if you won't help yourself? Well, <laughs> the, it's the old attic story, Matt. Right. Help yourself, Arizona. Help yourself, NHL. Move that, and if you know. It, it needs to be gone. The, any of the cities, you, like everyone talks about whether or not Quebec City could actually do it. And I don't think Quebec is there. Like Kansas City and Houston will both be ahead of, of, course, of, course. of Quebec City. But let's say you went to Quebec. It won't be a bigger disaster than Arizona is right now. There is no chance that Quebec City does worse than Arizona. Uh, zero. Zero. You, you could put it, a team in there. And There's no good, chance Saskatoon or what does worse than Arizona. Yeah. Quebec City, you put in, the team is is good. It's selling out all the time. The team is not good. You're down to 12. And, and it doesn't have, it, it wouldn't have great corporate support. No. Like Ottawa. 
Um, so you have those problems, but it's way better. And you would have a passionate, devoted fan base. Yep. Um, but as I said to you in the, in the show a couple of weeks ago, they're already being served, right? So would they like their own team? Yeah. But until that happens, they are very much happy to cheer for the Habs. They're very much, you know, dialed into to NHL hockey. So it's not like trying to invest in a new fan base altogether. It like, seems like every week the Coyotes are a new, oh, look what they're doing now. Yeah. Okay. Right? And so tell me something, Matt, they're going to play for four years in this small barn. Yeah. When they build this brand new arena with the casino and, and, and everything else that's going to happen. Which is not yet carved in stone. No one has agreed to build it, but that's the plan. Is it going to come with a, with a batch of brand new NHL fans? Yeah. Building 20,000 hockey fans with it. This is it, man. You're I do agree. Like, I do believe that it, it's hard being as far away in Glendale as they are from the downtown core. I'm not convinced that just because you move into downtown, you suddenly find 15,000 more season ticket holders or whatever it right. might be. Yeah. There's no guarantee that a new barn, no. short of the novelty of it. Right. Makes is gonna... people care about hockey in the desert. I don't give a shit or I do. <laughs> right. It's very simple, right? Yeah. And the TV ratings suggest uh, nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. We have reached the uh, midway point of the season. We thought we might talk about a couple things that have surprised us thus far, both good and bad uh, on the NHL front. Um, I think, you know, we were sort of vague as we often are when we're talking about the, the topics, which has led us to kind of do this in different things. I think I sort of, I, I do have some teams on my radar, but I kind of almost ended up looking at some individuals. I think you maybe had uh, had some more teams. This was your uh, your idea. What did you sort of, where do you want to start here? Well, I'm super smart, Matt. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, no, I floated it out to you. And, and it's, and it's it, Yeah. S-M-R-T. I am so smart. <laughs> it's, uh, it comes down to, yeah, I, that's how, that's what I meant, but I, uh, maybe I didn't articulate that. Right. And so you took it to mean what you wanted it to mean. Biggest so surprises of the season thus far. Yeah. Positive and negative, yep. one each, and, and that we would sort of both come at it in our own way. And so I'm totally fine with whatever you came up with. Yeah. I did sort of lean towards, um, teams, but I'm all, I'm always happy with, with any good story or negative story that works for this concept. So what do you got? In a, in a pause, let's, no, let's start with the negative. Let's start with the negative. <laughs> you people are pissing me off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> uh, the first negative that I stumbled across, and I don't know how permanent this is going to be, but Elias Patterson has been coming off of missing training camp, um, signing a three-year, $7 million deal, which was the compromise, right? Like it was a longer-term deal was going to be more. And he has shown thus far to be nothing close to what, A, he has been, yeah. or B, what people thought he might continue to grow into. He's down at this point at less than half a point a game. Um, I, I don't know. I know. Okay. The Canucks were expecting to be better than this. I don't know what that was, what that was based on, but, uh, yeah, for me, Pedersen, not, uh, not a good start at all. See, and, and we had this conversation at the beginning of the season and I came out 
in defense of, of, of Pedersen. This is why I'm going to let you take this, but I, I wasn't sure if I could use this because it's supposed to be surprises. And I kind of went, mm. Okay. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, I don't know yes. if I'm surprised. <laughs> You're not right? surprised at all, man. <laughs> right. You said this was going to happen. Uh, I think this is actually now just becoming an elaborate plan. Chance, it's just Matt Patton's Chance himself. to rub this in my face. <laughs> I see. I see how this works. Because, yeah, I came out very much in, in favor of, of that after sort of a bit of a injury issue last year yep. that that he would continue that upwards trajectory. He's very much not done that. Mm-hmm. And and he looks like a bit of a, um, a malcontent, right? He, yeah. he, sort, he sort of comes across as a bit of a shit heel. Like <laughs> he's not super interested, right? Like he's, oh, I'm pissed off. And I, you know, I, I didn't like green and I, I didn't like the way things were going here and you didn't treat me well and mm-hmm. I'm injured and I'm blah. And, and, <laughs> and honestly, man, I thought, I have them in the pool. That's why I said, I know. I, okay. I, I selected them in a pool. <laughs> and, and they have not done anything, right? And so if it wasn't for Arizona, they'd be in last in that division. Like yeah. they're not even, they're not even close. with that nice, you know, Bruce Boudreaux bump. Yes. And we're not talking about the part that hangs over his belt. <laughs> Bruce, there it is. Yeah, I love that, Bruce, man. But for some reason, it's... He hates it. Yeah. I would too if I was... I, I know, but, it, uh, it's, but yeah. it's, that whole, whoop, there it is. I hated that. I hated that, but I like the idea of Bruce, there it is. Um, and come on, Boudreaux, you were unemployed, man. You were doing nothing. Yeah, give it a little, give us a little shake behind the bench when the crowd starts yeah, up. Come on, something. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. Get, that Bobby when, Hill breakdown. Man. That Bobby like, Hill, that's forever, forever Bruce Boudreaux. Um, it's too bad. He's so good in red. <laughs> nice, tight red turtleneck. <laughs> yes. With, with something stain, with some stain on it. Um, but yeah, that he, he has been, I would, I would agree with you. I, a, 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 a serious, serious disappointment. Yeah. The other one I would give you before I hand it back to you as an individual, Kyle Palmieri. And, uh, oh, Kyle Palmieri was a trade deadline acquisition guy. last year from the Islanders when quite frankly, they were fantastic. I think they ended up going two or three rounds again, uh, last year. Conference finalists again. Yeah. Two years in a row. And, uh, Kyle Palmieri, a Lou type of guy, right? He was a former devil and, and just plays the game and all there the, it is. <laughs> in all those ways that Lou's going to love one goal this year, uh, on freshly off a brand new contract. So Kyle Palmieri as a free agent signing on the Island, look, the Islanders desperate for goals. Um, and I think they, I don't know how many they would have expected of Kyle Palmieri. It would have been more than one. 30. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not good. No. All right. And uh, uh, as a team, I was going to say the Habs, but I mean, we all know, right? We've, we've done it so many times. And again, this was one of those things. How surprised am I? I'm surprised they're this bad. Like they're on pace to be historically bad. I've had them as being mediocre, right? Missing the playoffs, but maybe hanging around for a while. They're awful. They're just terrible. Um, yeah. And so see, that's, see, that's where I, that was my, that was my go-to for, okay. yeah. for how bad, because to me, after the cup run last year, it's, it's funny because doubling back to well, like 18 months ago, you and I having the conversation of the way that team was constructed mm-hmm. for the 2020, 2021 season. And I thought that is a team that's constructed for the playoffs. And turns and, out, 
Yeah. Yes. And, and now what it turns out to, so in a, in a, in a classic case of we're both right, mm-hmm. had the regular season gone full length, they don't make the playoffs. Matt's right. Yeah. As it turns out, they do make the playoffs. Rob is right. Yep. But we both agreed. This is a five, six team in that, div- in this division. Mm-hmm. This Maybe, year. Yeah. Yeah. This year. Sorry. Now fast forward into 21, 22, that they were not going to be anything close to a contender, but to me, they are, they have single digit wins yep. at, at the 45 game mark. They're like five games. Yeah. 45 games. Yep. Terrible. And I, I, I hit you with the stat before we got in here in the green room. They are nine points behind the senators and the senators have five games in hand. <laughs> And the Senators in November went one ten and one. Yeah. How shitty are you? And they're you on have, pace for like 15 wins or something. What's that? They're on, the Habs are on pace for like 15. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, atrocious. Atrocious. <laughs> but you, you're talking about, uh, their prized mint rookie in Cole Caulfield. One goal. That guy would, would get him out of here. Yeah, you need to be back down in Laval. Put him in Laval. Let him let him get some confidence because that's a shit show. Yeah, in Montreal right now, where you have, you know, and, and we talked about it. Caden Primo, same thing. You should Oof. not be starting any more games, any more, any more games in Montreal this year. Down to the minors, see if we can salvage something. And sorry, Sam Montembeau, you're going to eat this for the rest wow. of the year. And, and <laughs> if that, a waiver claim in in Montembeau, yeah. Right. Who you're like, oh, well, guess we need something happening here. And you go like, take that guy off of waivers and he's going to be our, <laughs> our go-to guy with Allen out. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Carey Price may never, ever play another game for the Habs. It's possible. Um, you have Jake Allen, which will be a fine rebuild goalie, yes. yeah. right. As a number one. Um, Jeff Petrie's been terrible. Yeah, but we, we talked about Buried the contracts. Trade, you have uh, this Savard, Petrie, Gallagher. Anderson. Like the, the contracts moving out are. Oh yeah. That one's going it, nowhere. It's, but it's her. No, I, I'm just saying. Ben Sherratt. I was saying going out like, like a fishing reel. Right. Okay. Straight out in front of you. That's yeah. not going anywhere. Right. Um, yeah, you're in deep shit in Montreal, but it's so like, to me, this team is. You have Dominic Ducharme, who oh, I, you're I, so fired at the I, end of this year. <laughs> yeah, but they just extended him after nah, the cup he's run. Gone. He's gone. Well, they got uh, to me. Yeah, Jeff Gordon's like, I didn't sign that, <laughs> right? Hughes, he's like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Bergeman, I think, that ain't was my guy. Yeah, firing up on the testosterone. You got, you know, yes. working on the bigger biceps, making those shitty contracts. Yeah, you know, it rebuild. Yes. And now's the time to do it with the, with the picks you have, mm-hmm. whatever. And you got to eat salary. You got to eat salary. If you're the Habs and you got to do it now, get whatever, anybody will take anything. You start shipping bodies out. Yeah. Well, we talked, like you said, a few weeks ago, Tyler Toffoli going, I'd really like to stay here and be part of the so, pff, You're gone, buddy. Yeah. You are not. You, you're under $5 million <laughs> a year in your you're 20 door, 25 man. goal potential. Yes. Gone. You're the one guy we can move. Yeah. People want this. You and Ben Sherratt, that might be it, man. Like. Yeah. So, well, Ben Sherratt's going to be a trade deadline rental for the Leafs. He's going to be a trade deadline rental. I hope it's not for the Leafs, but it yeah, might be uh, for okay, the Leafs. Okay. You got your eyes on Kulak. Brett Kulak. Uh, 
I got my eyes on Josh Manson, who's also been terrible this year. <laughs> Who just got smashed by Kachuk in that last yeah. game, and he's out, and so... Well, they're saying right now, Friedman, I, as we sort of move around here a little bit, any of those defensemen right now looks like a first and a third. Not interested. Oof. We'll take none of those Can guys. Can I introduce you to Josh first Brown? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Probably worth two seconds right now, <laughs> if that's the yeah. fucking market, man. Do it! <laughs> How about a Del Zotto? Can I get you a Del Zotto? You cannot, no. Good on the offensive side, yeah. not so great. Oh, I'm offended. On the defensive side. What else did you have on the negative side or was that? Uh, no, that's, that, that was really Just what wanted I, to pound on the Habs. For, well, I didn't <laughs> I really like want it, but like. I did. They are, they are biblically. Like, yeah, I don't know why Gary's so upset that you can't have people in the stands in Montreal. Like, they may not be there anyway. Well, like, even if they no, they are, man. Those guys show up. Maybe maybe you get to 18 or 19,000 on a yes. bad night. Yeah. But they are showing up. They are pounding the Laurentide, the Chien Show. They are getting it going. The Molson X. The Molson X, big time. <laughs> big time. They are loving it. They are chanting and booing. Olaying. Yeah, olaying for the other team. No problems. But yeah, like this to me is they are... They are as bad as they can get. And, and if, uh, to me, you touched on Jeff Petrie. That's a guy, you look at his contract moving forward and he has had, like last year there was, there was all kinds of tweets and all kinds of Petrie for the Norris. Best like, in the division, best defenseman in the North division last year. And you're year, like, man, saying, now that guy is like, oof, terrible, yeah, I, I have, terrible. I've never had a take that has so rapidly pendulumed between good and bad as on Jeff Petrie, right? Terrible contract. Back he comes. Norris Trophy. Back coming the other. Terrible again. Like he, he's, he's just, there's been no consistency there. Like he has been very good for the last two years and easily worth, I think it's like five, two, five or something that he was getting paid that at the time they signed him to it. I went, that's terrible. Uh, and he ended up being easily oh, worth it. And now sure. he's well, well under, uh, but he is better than he's playing right now. Yeah, agreed. You, you put him someplace decent, stable. Yeah, man, he is he is contributing right, and so he's another guy I would maybe put in that. Now his age is not helping him. Yeah, I think he's thirty four. But um, yeah, he he could really contribute for the next year or two to to a, to a decent team. How about surprises that were a little more pleasant this year? Yeah. Um, the easy one for me was, was the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Um, when you look at, at the, uh, I think I heard a stat that they set an NHL record. The things for I think I heard. Goals scored in, 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 a, in January. Yeah. That sounds right. Cause they've just been mercilessly pounding. Eight people. goals, nine goals, eight goals. Like yeah. it was honestly, they had 24 goals scored in a three game period. Yeah. Uh, they were not my pick. Okay. Um, because I, I expected them to be good. I certainly did not expect them to be as good as they are right now. And that's sort of my Habs thing on the negative exactly. side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I expected bad, not this bad. The Panthers, I expected good. I did not expect beat the shit out of everybody except the Senators. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Senators laughing them on an 18th yeah. floor. Um, take that. <laughs> um, no, my pick was UC Saros and the Nashville Predators. Okay. Yeah. That is a team... Uh, post Pekka Rene, you got this, you know, five foot 11 UC Saros, who's looked to me in the past couple of years, has looked small. Yeah. In the Just net. a wee fella. You had this center depth that, you know, we looked at with, with Johansson and, and Duchesne and 
Man, all they've done and is Duchesne. It, speaking of pleasant surprises, well, but both those guys, Johansson yeah. and uh, suddenly look like what they thought Duchesne, they were you're buying. Like, okay, look, oh man, look at those guys. Yeah. Now, now's the time. Trade them. Trade yeah. them now. <laughs> Do it. Well, they're not still first in the division. Nashville. Yes, they are. And so again, pleasant surprises. And so <laughs> lots yeah, of ha- them in Nashville right happy now. Happy endings. Yes. I think they call those sweet. <laughs> Roll over Nashville. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you look at UC Saros, he's a, he's one of the celebrities of the All-Star game and and how good he's played. And Juicy. Yeah, I love that. I don't know why the fans <laughs> get that. I'm, I would not like that as a man, but um, but yeah, to me, just, just how things have gone there have been very surprising. In Nashville. Me. In Nashville, big yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones for me, hop, happy for my boy Nas. Um, I know it's supposed to- yeah, it's supposed to make me upset. So your eyes better than Kerfoot. And like, yeah, okay. What number did he wear in Toronto? Forty-three. What's with the ninety-one? Is that is that what he's wearing in Colorado? I believe that's same as Tavares. I think that's his uh, junior number, his birth year. Oh, see, to me, I I saw Nick Suzuki come out with the fourteen. That's a classic hockey number. Though. Yeah, that to me, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I, I look at it and go. That's a good hockey number. That's a good guy. Like a, you go all these douchebags with these showboat numbers. Right. Anyways, carry I on. think like uh, going to us. Well, that was it. Like, cause he's at this point well above a point a game. He was leading the NHL in scoring a, like a week ago. Yeah, I think he's on pace for like 105 points. He's in, at about in, in a free agency year. Yeah, he's and that's what I was gonna say. Like, I I don't know. That's one of those guys. What? Do you want to pay that guy? He's now over 30. $3.3 million a year. Well, he's not coming to Ottawa then. (laughs) Um, Ottawa wanted to draft him famously. Yeah. (laughs) Hilarious video clip there between Burke and uh, and Brian Murray. There was, at one point, one of my fears with Kadri was that he ends up in Montreal, who badly needs He was going to do crazy shit in the playoffs and get suspended. Yeah, well, that was when he was with us. It was a crazy fear. <laughs> now it's an expectation, but it's, I take comfort in the fact it's not going to, we'll find our own ways to I lose. take comfort in consistencies. When he was, like, he, when he grew up, he was a Habs fan. His dad was a Habs fan. Like, he's never really shied away from that. And so I kind of was like, what if he ends up in Montreal? And it would have to be a bad contract. And so that makes me feel a little bit better. But at the same time, I did do a little bit of research uh, heading into next season, Montreal is already $3 million over the cap. So yes, guy. Paying the most, getting the least. probably not going to end up there. But if you're going to have one of these out-of-nowhere explosive seasons, doing it in a UFA year is the way you want to do it. Because someone will do something stupid in the summer and give him, I don't know, seven years and... For sure, man. $10 million a year. Like, Kadri's not shy oh, about his abilities, right? Like, he'll believe he's worth double digits coming off this one season. And he's never shown this before. Like he's had a 30 goal. He's had two 30 goal seasons before. Yeah. Never come close to a hundred point season before. Well, I thought he was going to throw his arm out and his shoulder patting himself on the back <laughs> at the all-star game. when he's like, yeah, man, I've always wanted to, I've always knew, known I could do this yeah. noon. I've always knew I could do I've this. Noon it. Yeah. So he's an, he's an overpay at 8.5. Yep. At that age. Yep. Like it depends on your term, right? Like, I don't know who can make room for him on like a two year deal at nine or nine, five. I wouldn't, but I could see that happening. You can't go longer than that. Oh, I see that. And, and this is, this is the beauty, right? Is 
the team always wants to go with the shorter term. Yep. Can, can I just give you, would you be happy with three years? Yeah. Whereas, 10 times whereas one. Buddy over there is going for seven. Yeah. You're like, mm, probably not. Right. But yeah. Can you, see, can you see off the top of your head a natural landing spot for him this summer? Like who? Because I don't know if he's Anaheim. in that. Yeah. Replace Getzlaff. Yep, you're if looking at you're looking at one of those California teams. come in behind Sam Steele and and, and you know whatever they got going on there in Anna, uh, Zegris at this, and at this point he may need to come in in front of Sam, Sam Steele. Steele. Yeah, okay, but uh, it's their guys yep. hopefully develop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kopitar getting older, I can't imagine he's going to retire. So no, I know, but he fit in L.A. Maybe in San Jose if Timo Meyer goes somewhere yeah, else. No, yeah, exactly. But there's no money there, man. They're, right? They are they are carrying way too much. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting. Yeah. That, Maybe Anaheim. That, yeah, in terms of, of what you're looking at without me having cap-friendly open no, exactly. in front of me. But that to me is is one of those spots where you go, who is sort of having a, and, and, and you know, it's funny that neither one of us touched on any of those California teams. As pleasant surprises. As, as pleasant surprises because all of them Above where have we well exceeded what, yep. what, not just the two of us, but everybody else expected moving forward, right? Yeah. That... And we'll see, right? And 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 it's it's funny because that whole Pacific Division is just shitstorm, <laughs> right? Where people we talked about how bad it was going to be, yeah. And yet you looked at, you know, Edmonton starting out at sixteen five and two or whatever they were out of the gates, and then yeah, best record in the league for twenty five games, then worst record in the league for twenty games, or and then they're ripping it off. They've back signed, at it. they've signed Evander Kane, and so just it's. To me, I expect them to at least lap two of those three California teams. Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it's, it's, that's why I avoided putting them in there. I, I. Yeah. I don't, they exceeded my expectations out of the gate. They have sort of gone way the other direction in terms of, you know, the second quarter of the season. But the other thing that I had here was Michael Bunting and. Maybe this should be, and and maybe this will start an argument online. We'll we'll see. I love those. Maybe this is Kyle Dubas more than Michael Bunting. Face to face. Yeah. Bring it, bitches. Fist to face. <laughs> um, right now, Michael Bunting is sitting at twenty nine points, thirteen goals, sixteen assists. Not bad for a guy that had played twenty six NHL games. Before this year, Kyle Dubas got him for two years and $950,000. And he's playing Zach Hyman's minutes in Toronto. Zach Hyman also at 29 points. Uh, Zach Hyman has a couple more goals, a couple less assists, but uh, they land at the same spot. Pretty similar in terms of your Corsi and your zone starts and all these sorts of things. And the fact that you were able to replace that at $950,000, it's slightly different. I think Bunting has a little more skill, but a little less strength. Um, He's also a little more willing to engage. Like if you wanted to use the term rat, I don't think it would be completely inappropriate. Weasel was where I was going. Sure. Bunting is, or Hyman was able to defend himself and happy to go into the corners. Bunting is more willing to instigate that shit, right? And and get under people's skin and, and draw penalties. So the fact that you were able to replace those minutes at $950,000 and the other two names that I would compare um, are Nick Felino and Taylor Hall, which at the trade deadline last year were the two guys that Toronto was in on. Um, and then again in the offseason, what that was going to look like. Now, Felino's been hurt a bit in Boston, but currently 
uh, Bunting has more goals and points at comparable zone starts and Corsi than both of those two guys put together. So at $950,000, I didn't know what to expect out of Bunting. And there was a time five, six games into the season where he was down on the fourth line. Like, oh boy, this was not a, this was not a good gamble. Was he with Nick Ritchie? Nick Ritchie was still trying to find his way between the Tavares line and the Chess box. Now he's the healthy scratch. And this is one of the things about Dubas. He made some bets this year on Kampf, on Ritchie, on Kasha, and on Bunting. And three out of the four of them have gone gorgeously. Gorgeous! And, and the, the Ritchie one is the most expensive one, and it has not gone yep. uh, anywhere near as well. So, so you can kind of weigh out what that's you think of, of yeah of course that's the one we should talk about but so but he's on the hook for all of those right but they've all worked so far except for the one but bunting to me has just found himself a spot nicely alongside matthews and marner where he knows exactly what his job is he's willing to do it perfectly and this is what we've talked about so many times with Kyle Dubas, if you're going to commit the kind of money that he has around the big four and now riley and maybe campbell and the you have to make these bets and you got to win more of them than you lose. And so far he's won on Michael Bunting. The Ottawa Senators would love to have a 75% success rate at free agent pro signings. Right. They probably would. Yes. They are the opposite. I think at 25%. Right. So agreed. M- Michael Bunting has been a bit Nick of a Ritchie might be a Senator next year. Uh, for sure, man. <laughs> for sure. At, at virtually nothing. Right. Um, yeah. Michael Bunting has been a revelation for me. Yeah. In terms of what, what I thought he was going to bring, right? You hear talk. Uh, to me, it's his willingness to go to those dirty areas yep. and, and sort of stick his face in there and, and do what he has. Um, but yeah, that is, that is an absolute. And to get the second year, like, cause they have to do that, right? When you got to win some of these, right? And, and it's a bet if, if he doesn't pan out, if he turns out he is a fourth liner that you've committed two years, 950 grand, you lose. You're done, man. Well, at the end of the day, if you said bunting win, Kasha and Camp, the you know, even, and and Richie's a loss, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think that is with with what you're operating with, right? Which is, hey, man, we need to get as many wins at the min or at that million dollar range. Mm-hmm. Man, you are going to, it is an absolute spin of the wheel, yep. right? Crown and anchor. What yep. are we going to get here? Man, just give it a spin. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. So to me, yeah. I, as, as well, he's much, on pay, like he's between 25, 30 goals for, for bunting this crazy. year at 950 grand. Crazy. That's a win, man. That's, that's, that's a slam dunk win. Yeah. And so all I'm saying is if two of those other guys are just average. break our break evens, yeah. which, which is really probably what you signed them for hoping for some upside, but you know. If we can just break even, good to go, right? So to me, the fact that one of those guys, and, and really Nick Ritchie, you saw, I think you saw in Boston, was enough. Now, like I said, that's only one out of the four, Yep. right? So to me, that guy is a bit of a... Yeah, no, it's a mistake. Well, you saw him in Peterborough. You saw him the, the whole way through. There's some questions. Yeah. yeah, there's some questions there in terms of his... I'm surprised he can't play at all in this lineup. Wow. Cause at two, I think he's at 2.2 million. Like it's clearly a mistake. That's not a good signing. I'm surprised he can't fit anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'd hope that guy would just go to the net. 
That's really all I needed you to do, man. Put him on the top we got enough talent somewhere. Just, say, <laughs> just go the stand blue. there. Yeah. Roll to the blue and see what you can do. Yeah. I, I, there does appear to be some skill there. There appears to be almost no hockey sense, like when to activate, when to get to the net, when to do these things. And that's, that's when a to, problem. When to smash somebody's head into the plexiglass. Yeah. Yeah. When to not leave a shorthanded when we're down by one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Those things. Yeah. It's, it's been an interesting season, a lot of ups, a lot of downs and, uh, you know, we'll see the rest of the way, right? Maybe we do this again at the end of the season and go, oh, see Kadri finished with 55 points. What the fuck happened? Or, yeah. yeah. These things can, uh, can move quickly. Anyway, um, speaking of, I was going to say moving quickly, this kind of moved slowly, man. Like there, there's no reason we should be where we're at right now, but it does warrant some discussion again to see that uh, we've been occupied in the nation's capital. People just kind of rolled in, set up shop, and things are appearing to be pretty comfortable down there. Over the course of the last few days, we've seen video of uh, bouncy castles arriving, being set up at Bank and Wellington. Uh, We've seen um, a sauna truck roll in, deliver a couple saunas for people who want to get comfortable there. I expect at this time, a week from now, There'll be like a screened in porch, bit of a wine cellar, you know, like things kind of sprouting up nicely as these people just decide that they now live, uh, downtown nation's capital. You and I, I don't know, we, we, we agreed, but didn't last week when we talked about this in terms of who was here, what the nature of this thing looked like, who was responsible and and how all this was going to end. I'm less clear now than I was a week ago about how it's going to end, but I feel more confident now than I did a week ago about who's here. Like, what are you made of what's happened over the last week or so? Man, I I am. Yeah. And you're right. Um, I think last week I felt like, you know, we saw the swastikas, we saw the Confederate flag and we saw all that. and, Mm -hmm. And, um, and before anybody loses their shit on Twitter, along with the people who weren't flying the swastika and who weren't flying the not, we understand not everyone downtown is a Nazi. No, 100% true, true. But I would ask anybody who's going to lose their shit on Twitter. I said it before, if you're in the same crowd, Mm -hmm. you need to do what you need to do to disassociate yourself with that. So, um, To me, what, what's happened for me since, since last weekend, and I would say my tone has, has changed drastically. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saddened, angered, and frustrated by, by what I've seen happen here in the last seven or eight days. Mm -hmm. Um, things like jackass, fuckhead. (laughs) Randy Hillier, mm-hmm. right? You as a elected, an elected official for you to show up and stand on, on, at the gates of the hill and say, this is the hill we're, we're going to die on. That speech was dangerous, man. Super dangerous. And tell me how that differs from what Trump said on January 6th. Yep. Like to me, that is how you do not become charged with some kind of inciting 
Yeah, there was no attempt to de-escalate there. As an elected official, you're egging them on. You are emboldening them. You are strengthening them by saying, we will die on this hill. Oof. That, We're getting that, into some dangerous fucking rhetoric here. And, and that that's the kind of thing... Uh, and, and we talked about it, everybody, and it doesn't matter who you listen to. People are like, oh, protesting, you have the right mm-hmm. to protest. Mm-hmm. And I, and we both said it and, but this is not a protest anymore. No, this is an occupation. When, when you have now sat down and become squatters, mm-hmm. you are impeding day-to-day life in the capital. 40 meters, you got all these big rigs parked 40 meters, A, from the, from the PMO, Mm-hmm. From Parliament Hill, how, I think it's 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 a great failing on our part that we've allowed that to happen, but we hadn't seen anything like this. Yep. The other thing that 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 comes to me through the week is is the lack of leadership, not on the government's part. If I'm if I am the elected government of this country, whatever your political stripes are, you don't deal or treat with what accounts to little more than terrorists. Yeah. You, I, I, this I don't, is not how you get a meeting with the PMO. This is it. And who are you? You do, you know, to me, this is not the way you go about it. You show up, you, you do your protest, you leave, you speak to your MLAs, your MPPs, your MPs, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you are now breaking laws. To me, the other thing is the OPS, the Ottawa Police Service. I can't believe how sad sack they have looked throughout this. Mm-hmm. The, the face that they have turned to the protesters only emboldens these type of people. They've surrendered. We are publicly. not capable. Yeah. We are not capable. That's what we keep hearing yeah. from the leadership. We are outnumbered. We cannot. Even How if is, that's true, could you stop saying it? Please. Could you stop telling these people that they've won? That is not military 101 of any <laughs> kind, right? No. I am going to tell the people that I'm up against, hey man, I can't do anything about well, it. What's the quote you always use? They seem oddly... Outnumbered at whatever it was to whatever it was. They seem oddly optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, how about just ticketing them for open, open gas containers, firewood, starting up, you know, barbecues and whatever else you got going on. I just drinking freely. I I am so. All these things are ticketable confused by the whole thing. Right. And, and if, if, you know, and the term you keep hearing in different spots in the country, sunsetting, we're going to sunset the mandates. We're going to do these sorts of things. You can't do this. It's not democracy if it's done at the point of a gun. Nope. And, and, and this is what we're seeing. And when you talk about crowds swelling on Saturday of this past weekend to 5,000 people on the Hill. Yeah. You want to do the math on 37 million, what that percentage of the population is? Right. You are so many zeros to the right of the decimal. It is not freedom to show up and demand that a government that was just elected by 37 million. And I understand it's not unanimous, not everybody vote, but we just had an election. 70% of people who voted in the election voted for a party who believed in vaccine mandates. That's right. You don't get to show up claiming freedom and say that government should step down and the duly elected prime minister should be tried for, I don't even know what, treason and what, it depends who you listen to. Like, what are you talking about? It's just a list of 
incoherent complaints. I'm not happy, so here I am. First, and I, we need, sorry. No, go you go ahead. ahead. Well, all I was going to say is we have to stop calling this the trucker convoy. 90% of truckers still out there doing their job, got vaccinated, doing their thing. Trucker unions, trucker uh, organizations across the country have disassociated. These aren't truckers. These are wet diapered toddlers with access to trucks. That's who you're dealing with right now. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's the idea that last Thursday, Rito Hall, so residents of the governor general yeah. received 4,500 phone calls asking for the government to be toppled. Yeah. Out he of 37 million residents. He hello. <laughs> we, as we just said, there was just an election, a very costly election mm -hmm. where you had the choice. This was on the ballot. You do not get to now circumvent everyone else's democratic right. Right. And the process that goes into that. Right. You know, and, and it's fine. And, and DOFO to me, Doug Ford said it a, a, about as succinctly as, as I think he can. And, and I got to give him a little credit when he said, yeah. Do you not think we all want mandates to be yeah, done? We're all sick of this. We're all tired of this. Now that doesn't mean, hey man, I'm done with this. Nope. It's over. Right. That's not how it works. No, we're all fed up. We are all frustrated. You can cite the UK and Denmark who already tried to walk away from the mandates and then had to double back. Whoops. Yeah. We've already seen that. So yeah, I am sick of it. Yes. You are sick of it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's over. You know when it's over? It's over when my mom's good friend who is dying of cancer can die with dignity, right? Mm -hmm. When, when the ICU units are not jammed with unvaccinated people. Right. That's when this is over. When hospitals are not overrun, that's when this is over. Yeah. Right? We are, I, it intimidates me. We've talked about my medical history in the past. It intimidates me to know when people keep saying, you're just going to have to learn to live with this. I know that's the future. That is what we are going to have to do. That's why you and I are here today in the same room. Right. Right. But when that's not now, while hospitals are still overflowing and ICUs, we're not <laughs> there yet. That is where we're going, but that's not where we're, we are yet. And you don't get to just show up and throw a fucking truck stock and say, no, oh, it's done. It's done now. Cause I say it is. Fuck you. Yeah. I, and, and the idea, <clears throat> the guy saying no jab, no job, no food, whatever it was, whatever that sign was. Mm -hmm. And you go, Okay, I understand there are a pile of people who have been adversely affected. Of businesses, yes. businesses gone under, people yep. with their life savings committed this to this. This has decimated a lot of people. This, and I am not one of those people, so I'm going to right. put that right out front. Right. Um, but the reality is you are standing there saying, I choose not to get vaccinated. So now I'm out of a job and now I can't yes. afford food. And you go, you know what? That is freedom. Well, this is all framing, right? Yeah. That this, there has not been a mandate placed on truckers. They had an exemption. We all have to be vaccinated to cross the border back and forth. That was universal. Truckers had an exemption. The exemption on both sides of the border, by the way, ended. And now you have to be what the rest of us have to be. 
So it's all framing. You can sit here and complain. You're right. putting truckers under extra pressure. No. Right. We're asking truckers to get where the rest of us are. And again, not truck. This is this bullshit of this whole thing. If the media and us and anyone else had just painted this thing as it arrived as the anti-vax convoy instead of the trucker convoy, it would have yep. way less sympathy and support right now. Correct. I don't want to hear any more conservative MPs stand up there and say, thank God for our patriotic truckers right. who are keeping food on our tables right. and our grocery store yeah, shelves They are, stocked. but they're the ones out there, <laughs> not the ones sitting here. Right. And you're seeing now, like it, it's been proven a bunch that the GoFundMe got shut down because of the crimes that were being committed. The Ottawa officials were able to say to them, this violates your terms of service. Like you can't fundraise to be an asshole. Like that's right. not, and they're able to trace. This is now coming in from Russia. This is now coming in from the US. You are seeing foreign money pouring into this thing to keep them going, keep them fueled, keep them fed. At some point that becomes an attack, not a yeah. protest. And we're seeing it now, like the paths that these members of parliament typically walk to get into center block or whatever are lined with fuel tanks and diesel tanks and whatever. How is that happening? How are those people allowed to keep rolling in here and supplying them? Like, fine, your truck can stay. We're not allowing fuel tank one right. past yep. such and such from here on out. Yeah. And if you look at what's happened in Quebec city, Toronto, Everyone who had a heads up and an idea. Everyone who's like, okay, man, we cannot. We're not doing that. We cannot allow that. Because that is, a, and we talked about it last week, right? It's the presence of the trucks that make this so unique. Yes, the number of people is an average Ottawa protest. Right. The trucks not, make it different. Not even. Right. Not even. The 5,000 is is a is a number that's large. It's yeah. not It's not nothing. Right. But it is not, a, it's not enough to, but when you hear people say, and it was, it was the, um, the Edmonton minister who had, who Cooper. had been fined a bunch of times. Oh, the one who got photographed with the. Who was, whose, whose church had to be, oh, had to be bar, uh, chained because yeah. he kept hosting <laughs> masses when there was zero, you know, yeah. people allowed. And he's down there saying, saying things like, you know, God has given you the right, you know, God gives you the right to walk freely on this country, not the government. And you have the power and you're like, Hey man, that is not how it works here. No, that is not how it works here. You have a say, you have a say. But no more than I have, or than you have, or than what. And, and when the vast majority, when the vast the majority, overwhelming majority enforce, yeah. infor, you know, endorse, sorry, yeah. you can't, you can't go about this that way. And so to me, I want to see, I want to see something happen. I want to see them removed. And just like the now interim leader of the conservatives, Candace, Candace Bergen. Bergen, not that Candace Bergen, but a Candace Bergen. Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown would not stand for this. Um, there was a, a letter to her party from her that got leaked. To the globe? That said, uh. We should not be supporting sending them home. We need to find out, we need to continue to make this the prime minister's problem. Yeah. So if you are one of those people, as many are, who are kind of a more neutral conservative, not neutral, but a more center conservative. Yeah, red Tory. You're right. Red, you're progressive conservative. Right. That's what they're thinking, right? That's what this person is thinking, right? A, they're not worried about the citizens of Ottawa and how this is disturbing them. B, they're not worried about the truckers and the complaints no. that are happening here. They're not interested in having them heard either. 
They're not trying to help anyone. They're trying to make this a Justin problem for as long as they can. You have completely politicized. That's it. This problem. That's it. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what happens now. I, I keep seeing people screaming to call in the military. It's such a disaster, right? That unifies these people and their cause. Once you turn the Canadian military and call them into the Canadian capital on Canadian citizens, yep. that is something that lasts for decades. Yeah, you don't get away from it. But th- there is the there is the historical perspective of Pierre Elliott Trudeau mm-hmm. and the FLQ crisis. Yep. And and you look at how that ended. Now, didn't end well for Laporte's Pierre Laporte's family. Right. But he was very proactive in in in, in having this rooted out. Embassies covered, MPPs covered, MPs covered, sorry. And sometimes drastic, you know, times call for drastic measures. Don't you think it's going to have to be a, sw- like it's going to be Ottawa calling in as many police departments as can spare people plus RCMP. I just don't think he can get away with using the military. Right. I, I think at this point now you've, you've touched on it. You got to choke them out financially. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You can't allow them any more fuel. You got to shut down their barbecues, their they're, they're bouncy castles. All, you know, <laughs> yeah, come on, honestly, if, 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 you know. They're the, just making it look friendly. This if, is, that's if, PR. If the brown shirts put up a, a, you know, in, in Berlin, put up a bouncy castle, does it make it anything else? <laughs> it doesn't change, man. I don't want to bring my kid there. Right. And I'm not saying they're all Nazis. No. Nope. You good listener out there on Twitter. Yep. But what I am saying is move along now, man. You have made your point. Yep. And no good, no good. Legally elected government is going to deal with this kind of stuff. Not like this, no. Every hour now, we're getting closer and closer to a, like a, like to a violent end, to to a dangerous. Do you feel more exasperated with the government or do you feel more exasperated with the movement and maybe the way the police have handled it? Well, I'm the wrong guy to ask. I'm the crazy left guy who already thought this was shit. Right. So now, yeah, of course, I'm fed up with the protesters. I'm fed up with, like, everyone's just hardening on their own side of this that they basically started with. But nobody, you're not feeling more like, oh, okay, do what they want and then get rid of them. You're not feeling that. But no, when we sat here a week ago, I already said that's not what this is. I never thought that's who these people were just showing up for a good weekend protest. I'm like, no, there is, the people who organize this have brought in a wide tent Right. Tried to make this as acceptable looking as possible, but it started in a bad place and those people aren't leaving. They're the ones who they used the big crowd, the trucks, everything to get the attention, but they're staying. And the last, the, the last thing I, I want to say on that is these, these chants of freedom, 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 right? You hear it everywhere. You're, you're like, no one is trampling on your freedoms. You have the freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. Choice in a democracy comes with repercussions. Choice and freedom does not leave you free of the outcome. Right. You have a choice to not be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You do. Yep. And I, I have said on this show a few times, I, I don't know where you said, I don't believe in these places that are forcing people to get vaccinated. I don't think you can do that. I cannot force you to put something in your body that you don't want. That does mean 
maybe you can't do a certain job. Maybe you can't go to the theater tomorrow. Maybe you like those things are okay, but no, there is no government mandate that says you must take this vaccine. I don't believe in that. I I am with you 100%, but you have to know that if your choice flies in the face of the vast majority, that limits what you can do, but you have the freedom to make that choice. And I still endorse that choice, but I don't need you to stand up there and say, tyranny. Yeah. You don't know tyranny. If you think Justin Trudeau is a tyrant, you don't know what tyranny is. You haven't. And so to me, yeah, good trucker who is not vaccinated, you can still drive the truck in Canada. Yep. Go home, man. Drive your truck. Do it wherever you are. Do it. Just don't do it here. And we are not impeding your freedoms. Yeah. Does that mean you can't go to see the next Adam Sandler flick in the theater? Probably. We may be doing you a favor. This is it, man. (laughs) So carry on, man. Carry on. Yeah. It's a mess, man. And I don't... uh... We'll be talking about it next Sunday. I think so too. I don't think that they are here. They are entrenched. They are now organized. The failing that has happened here, the lack of like trust that now exists along the OPS, right? That's a whole other thing that's going to have to be faced. Well, and when you look at the counter protest that showed up and it was a couple hundred, yeah. whatever it was, that's only going to grow. And it's only going to grow because people, and we've, we've expressed it here, people feel like nothing is happening. Yep. There are no solutions. Who's doing anything? Okay. We don't believe you're going to call in the military. We don't believe the Ottawa police service has basically surrendered. Said you're there's too not many even, of them. Bylaws not doing anything. Right. Yeah. People passing firewood around with open gas tanks. Well, there was a, a great, uh, Jackson Proskow who covers, um, Washington DC for global news. He commented on a post that in Confederation Park, right next to City Hall, and for people who don't know Ottawa, is no more than a couple hundred meters from Parliament Hill. They have propane tanks. Now, some of these have been removed since then, but propane tanks and fuel tanks, and they're building like a little shop, like a... Food and barbecue. He said, I cannot imagine any world where fuel tanks are allowed to be stored by protesters this close to the Capitol in Washington. Trucks parked 40 meters. Who knows what's in the back of some of those trucks? That would never happen. And you're watching this happen. This city and frankly, the federal government as well. And the provincial, like they didn't, they're unprepared for this. And you're just seeing it now settle in. This is an occupation. This isn't a protest. And I know that word sounds very dramatic, but you ask those people, they've said, we're not leaving until Trudeau's government is dissolved. Well, then what do you call it? Yeah. They're occupying that area and the people who live there are going through hell. The horns, the noise, the people being pushed down because they're wearing a mask or insulted, but it's insulted and assaulted. It's, it's gross what's happening. It's not everybody. Fine. Go the fuck home. But it's too many. It is too many, man. It's too many. And if you're here... You know what? I endorse the people who, who, who show up en masse and make their voice heard because they feel unheard. I don't care how small a percentage no. you are. Like we've talked to, we've seen a people just on a little step stool with a loudspeaker. When you live in the nation's capital, man, every cause has a. And you hear it all the time. Yeah. And, and I've been to Washington and if you look, there's a park across from the White House 
So they've, they've, they've put a big fence up in front of the White House and you go, you people over there, do what you want to do. There's people camping in there all the time, yep. but they're far. They've been pushed back yes. a distance where you are not allowed to do, and it's monitored all the time. Yep. It's, it's, to me is this, this is going to change this country. It is and, absolutely. And I'm not saying this is, it's going to change the mandates right away. No. I'm saying you look at Chrétien walking through the, like a huge crowd of people out in front of the of Parliament Hill and he's shaking hands with people and he choked a man, but that's <laughs> because the man pushed a couple of kids out of the way to get to Chrétien. Yeah. But that's the kind of country this is, right? Where our husband. Was, yeah. Where you are able, I was at the Black Lives Matter thing down there. Trudeau was there. Mm-hmm. Whatever, good or bad, he took a knee with the rest of us, right? He did all that. Um, so this is a country where the politicians can mingle safely. And I'm not sure that that's going to be the same case moving forward, right? Like when I was a kid, that whole area of Parliament Hill that's now blocked off all the time, mm-hmm. 365, we used to be able to drive our car right up to, to 10 meters right. to the front door of, of center block. Right. That was growing up as a kid. That's the way it was here in Ottawa. Then slowly that changes, right? That whole area in front that you can't drive on anymore. Mm-hmm. You can walk on it, yep. but you were no longer able to bring a vehicle in there. And so. Well, I these, wonder that just about Wellington in general now. Yeah. These like are where are we changes. going? Like you Not see for, other major G, G7 countries when you go to London or Paris or Berlin, you can't just drive right along in front of, there's either checkpoints or no traffic at all. Here in Ottawa, like it's pretty, you get pretty up and close yeah. to, I'm not sure that's going to continue. It's not going to continue. And it's not a good thing. Maybe it's not, you know, it's the reality of the situation, but to me, yeah, this country is going to change and not for the better. No, this isn't how we're supposed to, uh, how to communicate, how to get, make change. Correct. Uh, not sure how to segue out of that. So we'll just say, uh, look late Tuesday. Our pal Michaela Schreider is going to be back on the podcast. Schreider! Uh, she, she's going to be here. Uh, I, look, throughout the Olympics, she's going to be on twice, maybe three times. We'll see how that shakes loose. I'm not going to hold those for the morning because the times are all over the place, right? With games taking place overnight, whatever. As soon as we're done talking on Tuesday afternoon, I will get that posted. Uh, Thursday morning, though, Maddie Lang will be here and we'll be talking about the uh, the Super Bowl. And uh, Maddie's got a few things to say about to the Canadian men's national team as well as they are, according to uh, odds makers right now, 99.8% qualified for the World Cup. So pretty close. Uh, look for that Thursday morning. A um, couple good shows coming up this week, man. It should. Uh, yeah, I'll be interested to hear what both of them have to say. That's, there's, there's interesting stuff. It's going on, man. And, and these have been scheduled, you know, with intent, right? Tuesday with Michaela is right after the round robin of that women's hockey tournament has concluded. We'll tee up the playoffs with her. And then uh, she'll be back uh, a week later, right after the women's gold medal game as well. So those are, uh, those are not without some pre-planning that goes into it, but uh, we'll wind things down here. Um, it should be another interesting week on the sporting front, uh, front and not on the sporting front. We'll get to all of it again next Sunday with you as well. So stick around for all of that. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. We're on social media at tall can audio, and we will see y'all next time. See ya. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app and find us on social media at Tall Can Audio.